The potential for greatness lives within each of us. I dare. I dare is an acronym for integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Home for personal growth, empowerment, safety awareness, disaster preparedness, leadership, and education. Thanks for joining us at Idea Radio on Blog Talk Radio, heard worldwide by over one million listeners, with your lovely host, Nikki Dare. Nikki Dare is the founder of Idare, a registered nonprofit 501c3, organized and operated exclusively for charitable and education purposes. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best life by unearthing your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist on Women in the Field on California's outdoor fishing and hunting of Western Outdoor News. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO range safety officer, a CERT Community Emergency Response Team Member, FEMA, Women's Advocate, Leadership and Mentoring, Philanthropist, President of NAPW, and is passionate for the safety, survival, and the outdoors. Living in purpose and passion. And now, here's your host, Nikki Dare. Hey, good morning, everybody. Oh, glad to be here again. Glad to be here. My name is Nikki Dare. Oh, goodness. It has been a while. Did y'all miss me? All right. Okay. Time flies, you know, as you are having fun. In my case, way too much fun. Way, way, way too much fun. Okay, guys, thank you for joining me again here, reconnecting with me, and welcome back. Here's a topic which you all know that I'm very, very deeply passionate about, safety and survival, winning the mindset and preparedness, self-reliance, self-sufficient. In terms of preparedness in the event of natural disasters, as we all know, there are many interesting out of the ordinary changes in the weather uh, that we have already experienced across the nation. In fact, worldwide right now in this past few years, <coughs> places where normally does not have rain and it does have rain, what normally doesn't have snow in certain places which have not been before and then it starts snowing there. So, you know, Mother Nature has her ways of showing up and show her powerful existence in different parts of the world. So back here in the home front, you know, I think uh, you all have seen this before uh, on the flyers that I've talked to you all. Uh, if you are familiar with my podcast, uh, talking about disaster preparedness out here, nine out of 10 Americans live in places at significant risk of varieties in natural disasters, namely such as earthquakes, fire, flood, hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, what else out there, snow, snowstorms, blizzards, um, tsunamis also out there, you know, worldwide, um, you know, across the, across the uh, I should say, across the overseas, as we all know and have experienced this. It is a mere fact that in the past several years in the U.S., here in the home front, and the homeland experienced a record number of disasters and emergencies, whether it is natural disasters, even, even man-made disasters. So the trend continues to increase, and it is an only a matter of when, not if. So again, natural disasters such as fire, flood, earthquakes, tsunamis, storms, including mudslides, 
we didn't talk about that. And I think I mentioned that in one of the, the, the old podcasts uh, last year when we did experience that out here in the West Coast, in the West Coast, in, particularly in the Malibu areas. There are actions to take before, during, and after the event that are unique to each hazard. You know, identify these hazards that have happened or could happen in your area where you live, where you live, where you reside, and plan for the unique actions for each. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that if you live in the East Coast, you are prone to have more uh, more snowstorm, blizzards, than we are here in the West Coast area, where earthquakes could be, you know, a little bit more prone here. I'm not going to go over each disaster Okay, there's just not enough time here. They are currently happening across the nation or the world. The session is dedicated solely to sharing valuable basic, basic tips and, um, in, you know, information that could be benefit to all. So what are we talking here? The basic things that we need to uh, sort of, you know, um, equip ourselves. Disaster preparedness starts with having a survival kit and a family emergency plan. Again, disaster preparedness starts with having a survival kit and a family emergency plan. Every family members, I don't care who is living with you under that same home, under the same roof, children, pets, brothers, sisters, in-laws, include everybody, include everyone, including your animals, including your pets, should be involved in your family emergency plan. Everybody is participating in this. Everyone is included. Everyone should be involved. Safety and survival is our and each and every one of our personal responsibility. And, you know, in fact, I want to throw this in too. That I think some of us, a lot of us, should look at it that, hey, you know what? We do have fiduciary responsibility as a, as a law-abiding citizen out here. And I'll tell you why uh, later on when we uh, discover this, when we touch on, on that area. So when disaster strikes, we may not have as a support system for a while. Agree? We need to be self-reliant. We need to know how to be and stay safe and survive during, again, another end, and recover quick after the disaster. has a whole lot of responsibility. But you need to learn that. We need to learn how to take care of ourselves in the event of disaster. Also, another side note I would like to make. How many of you, just like the rest of us, and I, I think I touched base on this in other community events out there in the past, I love to just throw this in too. How many of you just like the rest of us doing the same thing every day, doing the same thing every day, like little robots, you know, waking up every morning, going to the same coffee shop before work and take some routes, same route, same road, same freeway, same everything, same streets every single morning, Monday to Friday, like little robots. Whether we, we need to go to work, whether we need to go to school, whether we need to do anything that we do, drop off the kids. My point is that we need to learn more of our surroundings. You know, the situational awareness that I always like to talk about. We need to apply that. We need to learn more of our surroundings, our, our uh, environment, 
our elements. We need to change so we do things every day. We need to, uh, you know, use the mindset. We need to change the mindset. We need to just apply all of that, I'll apply all of the basics that I've always talked about all the time. We need to find alternative routes, you guys, in case of emergency. This is my single point that I'm trying to say here. We need to find alternative routes just in case of emergency. That's the point. We need to learn more of our surroundings, our elements, situational awareness. Apply that. Have your emergency plan together. And here are some facts. Research on preparedness shows that people who believe themselves prepared, quote unquote, for disasters often are not as prepared as they think. And this is too true, too true. I've conducted so many different workshop mitigation lectures out there in the community, Um, you know, spoke with different folks from different walks of life. One thing for certain, nobody is fully prepared. There's always going to be room of improvement. Always have to admit ourselves that we are learning, improving ourselves every time, improving. Even though you think that you're prepared, there's got to be something else that you can improve in the way you prepare yourself. According to the recent survey from credible source, of course, FEMA, 40% did not have any household plans. 80% had not conducted home evacuation drills. That's a high percentage number there. And here's the last kicker. Nearly 60% did not know their community's evacuation drills. A critical first step to preparedness is to understand hazards in your community and to learn about local alerts and warning systems, evacuation routes, and sheltering plans. You've got to know all of this in your town, in your local community. And the best way to find this information is through your city and community resources. City hall, you know, go to your nearest city hall in your town. You have all of these little things, uh, resources, flyers, booklets, everything um, over there at the facility. They're all for free, you guys. You must know your community, especially if you have lived here um, in town like this here. Uh, more than, what, 5, 10, 20 years myself, like 21 years I'm here. I have to know. Where are these things, you know, evacuation routes? I have to know alternative plans. Everything has to be integrated into your family emergency plan and include everybody in your family, in your household, your family members who live with you so they know. And you guys have to work as a team. There are a lot of resources out there. Check our website. Download it for free. Okay. So what do you think is the most and highest common hazard here in our city? I'm talking about here in Southern California. Everybody raise their hands. I can see fire. Yes, fire indeed is the highest hazard here in our community here. We live around fire hazard everywhere here because there's forest around us everywhere here. You know, coastline water. Earthquake, tsunami, mudslide, flood, fire, seasonal out here. Santa Ana fire will, will blow the wind this way. 
lucky us. We need to be more self-reliant, you guys. All right, moving on. Some disaster strikes without warning. And if you already already know this and heard this all over again, again and again for me, at least we could be at home, we could be at work, we could be at school, even on vacation. Yes, even on vacation. Disaster does not recognize what or who you are. Disaster does not recognize your title. Disaster does not recognize your financial status. Disaster does not recognize your age, your gender, ethnicity. That was my signature uh, quote that I always like to throw out and include in every time I talk about disaster preparedness on this around this topic area subject. When disaster strikes, time to prepare is ended, is over. Let us learn to be more prepared. Together, um, I always like to say, as a community, we can help each other. And yes, safety begins with you. So here's what we put together lately. We decided to have a team, disaster preparedness team here. And my team and I went out there, you know, to a local community um, offices, buildings, and just, you know, having dialogues and conversations. And, you know, at our events also, community events, we asked individuals from small business owners, doctor's office, you know, restaurant staff, and even, you know, corporation, just ordinary people in general, you know, uh, whether you have a badge or don't have a badge, whether you, you know, it's all different walks of life. We ask how they feel about disaster preparedness and what they know and how are they preparing themselves. Bonds, pretty incredible. And, you know, when we do the footages of videotaping, it's all, it's all real. It's all no, no script, no nothing. It's just impromptu. So it's all reaction. It's all um, emotional reaction. Um, they have to, you know, just give us the answers, you know. We don't, we don't prep these people, you know. We just ask them, what do you think? And then, of course, we ask permission if we can go ahead and do this kind of thing. But, yeah, um, incredible reaction, inc- incredible reply, respond. So um, you might want to take notes. The first footage that was captured, it was taken during, um, what is it? Uh, it was last year, sometimes in the fall, during a local community conversation. I think it was prior to our annual community event held back in December 3. It was our annual emergency meal prep challenge back then. Uh, in the effort to continue awareness, you know, the idea of disaster preparedness team and I were wanted to do something different than just a traditional awareness you know, walk or traditional awareness run kind of thing. So we decided, you know what, we're just going to get everybody from different groups of people, um, you know, first responders, non-responders, cert group people, um, you know, civilians, just a normal, you know, ordinary people to come together and, you know, do the challenge together and learn from each other. And that was the whole purpose of it. So the goal was to educate and raise awareness in how to become more prepared in the event of a disaster. You know, uh, we I think we want to simulate it on earthquake. What if when the earthquake came, you know, strike over here in Southern California, the big one, of course, um, are we prepared? And then when we do, uh, how are we going to do this? How are we going to, you know, uh, prepare our meal? You know, day three, day four, no power, everything shut down, uh, no support system for a while. Everyone is hungry in the family, in the house. You know, how are we going to, like, break out our survival kit here? 
So that was the whole purpose of it, you know, to become more prepared in the event of a disaster uh, using a real simulated environment. So the takeaway when you go home uh, for that event was to look at and review your situation at home front, you know, your home environment, your workplace, uh, wherever you spend most time, you know, and begin your preparedness plan, basically. That was a takeaway take, take uh, note and everything like that. So I want you all to um, listen to this um, conversation that took place uh, last year, and we were speaking about it. And then there's going to be another series of uh, mixed footages where we did ask uh, the community around here, you know, how they feel about disaster preparedness. But check it out and listen in. I think uh, hopefully this message also comes out and goes out to um, everywhere else around the world, uh, because here in California, in the United States, for example, in our in our world, in our um, state, in our country, we have the luxury of the infrastructures. And I'm thinking my heart also goes back to all the world third world countries that unfortunate to have less maybe infrastructures and resources and education and trainings and all of these things that we already have here that we need to utilize. We need to capitalize that. We need to uh, work as a team um, and then continue the awareness, continue promoting the education to each other. I think that's important. the important um, integral point in this that we're trying to do is the education part of it. I agree. And I, I also want to piggyback what Lauren was saying a while ago that, yes, when disaster strikes, there won't be any support system. I mean, you know, given the scenario, such as this one, 8.5 earthquake strikes here in California, are we all prepared? That's all I'm going to ask. Are we all prepared, ready to survive, ready to recover quickly? Whether you are a homeowner, whether you are a business owner, you have to think about this. You have to think about your business also. How much time can you recover? survive in your business families children everything to you at home front how much time are we ready are we ready to survive are we ready to recover quickly that's all I have to say And here's a question. As a business owner, when it comes to disaster preparedness and recovery, what is the most important thing for you and your business? The, the most important thing, in, in my opinion, as a business is I don't care about stuff like my copier getting damaged. Or, you know, it's the safety of the people. People come first because you cannot replace a person. You can replace a copy machine or... So the next if question would be... today. You go home, and then you pick a couple top items, emergency items, to be included in your survival bin, disaster bin. What would that be? Those two top two items. I know there's tons of them, but 
what it comes to mind immediately, what are the top two items that you would like to get involved besides water? Yeah. What are the <laughs> top two water. items that you would like to get involved besides water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can say water, it's okay. Yeah, water and uh, of course uh, some cash. Okay, so what what are the first couple items, survival items, uh, emergency items that you would like to include in your survival kit? Let's just say that you got to start preparing when you go home tonight. Right, water. Water is important. We continue to ask several people again after these interviews. Water, food, and clothes. Yeah, pets, yeah. Blankets. Yeah. Okay, good for you. So you gotta, you gotta feed the family right. first, right? right. But you know. So far, we have water, food, blankets, cash. There are more. Yeah. I mean, those are good stuff, right? snacks, granola bars, lots of foods. What would be the first two items that you would like to include in survival kit when you start assembling this yourself? What else? I think water and food. Because you work in the food industry, so food would yeah, be food. would be Good idea. A lot of people don't think about that. Yeah. But the canned food, for example, you can recycle it. Every three months, you recycle those canned foods. Yeah. Yeah. Canned products, dried products. You start thinking, right? Yeah. You start. You hear the word disaster care, and I know that you have explained to me really briefly a while ago, but we'd like to uh, hear it so we can all share it with other people. Well, I'm a native Californian, so earthquakes really don't shake me up much. And I always, I always like to think, what am I going to need in the event of earthquake that I won't have uh, when the um, society falls apart for two or three days? Right, exactly. When there's no outside support system, yes. what are you going to do? Right. You have to have food that you uh, that you can't, uh, you don't have to refrigerate or heat. Uh, you'll have to have some place to live in case you don't have a house. You'll uh, need right. like sleeping bags, blankets, maybe a tent or two. You mentioned uh, something earlier that really strike, um, strike me a little bit because I haven't heard that respond from uh, other people that I have talked to approach. Uh, because you yourself, um, you had mentioned that you have a background of National Guard. Yes. So uh, share us a little bit about that, how you would, you know, the experiences that you had had before in the earthquake 1994, let's say, but even 1970s back mm -hmm. then. Share us with that. How did you travel out of evacuate yourself at that time? Well, uh, I was in the, uh, I, was, uh, I was in Oxnard. I was uh, volunteering at the homeless shelter that our armory becomes uh, during the winter months. When the earthquake hit, uh, once I was relieved by somebody who came in, uh, then 
I uh, took my car, listened to the radio, found out that all the direct routes between Oxnard and my house were all down for various reasons. So I took what, what I like to call the Grand Circle Turn of Southern California. <laughs> I took um, 101 North, then I took 33 inland, then I took 166 going east, took a little piece of the I-5, then I went to 58 going over to Hatchapee, then I hopped on to the 14 coming down. How long did that take you, all that? Oh, uh, probably about three, four hours. Four hours? Right, because uh, some of the areas down there, everybody was going slow, or there were minor rock slides and whatnot. So, so back in the, when this disaster occurred, we didn't have cell phones. Some people were amateur radio people. They might have had walkie-talkies or their citizens' bands radios. But um, as far as Take us back to 1974 when you said the 1970 earthquake uh, disaster, when you experienced that. How did you feel about it? Well, first off, it was an earthquake that lasted one minute. And it got me out of school for a whole month. <laughs> <laughs> because the water in the reservoir was so stirred up that when you turned on your faucet, you got silt coming out of your faucet. It wasn't drinkable. Hmm. So all of a sudden now there's a water shortage for bottled water at the grocery stores. This is before the health food craze. Additionally, Coca-Cola, the soda pops, even beer was becoming on short supply because people were going to their alternate non-water drink for relieving thirst. Uh, also, too, there were sadly a lot of people injured, uh, and consequently, medical supplies now become an issue, too. You might want to have an emergency first aid kit on hand, uh, either in your car or your home or both. Multiple places. Correct. And easy access when in case you need it for emergency, obviously. And also, too, you need to be aware of your surroundings at all times because not everybody is going to be honest and looking out for each other's welfare. They might be looking out only for their welfare. So it's not just those emergency supplies, but knowing that in an emergency, some people succumb to the panic syndrome. And it's me first at any cost over anybody else. So just be prepared that not everybody's going to be there most generous when things are toughest. As you can see, there are many, many responses uh, that could um, be beneficial and uh, valuable for us to learn from uh, from all these folks and some of them well many of them have got not gone through uh, the experiences and some so yeah we'll, we'll continue to uh, to ask the community how they feel about this and continue to uh, share the valuable tips to everyone and again disaster preparedness starts with having a survival kit and your family emergency plan all right so go out there and start your survival kit right now and include everyone in your home in your family emergency plan. If you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to check out our website, idearworld.org. We are a nonprofit, 501c3. If you like to just, uh, you know, give us a shout and say, you know, we need, we need some, anything, anything at all, send us an email, info 
at idealworld.org. Again, info at idealworld.org. Again, this is Nikki Dare, and I am so humbled to have you guys and to be listening to this episode. Thank you so much, and we look forward to, uh, to reconnect again, hopefully by next week. Okay, same, um, same time and same day on Wednesday. Thank you now. You've been listening to iDare Radio with your host, Nikki Dare, the founder of iDare Integrity, Diversity, Adaptation, Resilience, and Empowerment. Nikki Dare offers firearms training in basic handgun, rifle, and shotgun to family safety home invasion. Group and private classes are available. Please email her at education at NikkiDare.com. For details on Nikki Dare's hiking, yoga, and her other outdoor passion and fitness adventures, please visit her website for upcoming schedules at www.nikkidare.com. Ask Nikki Dare on her community forum, nikkidare.freeforums.net. Follow her on LinkedIn and social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, or to simply watch tutorial videos, subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. Her books and calendars, Living in Purpose and Passion, as well as exclusive editions of Firearm Safety, are all available on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details and opportunities for sponsorship, please email education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, living in purpose and passion. Nikki Dare. I never planned on losing my job, but losing my family's health insurance was an even tougher pill to swallow. So I looked into COBRA, but too pricey. Then I found out about special enrollment through Covered California, where I was able to choose from good health insurance companies I've actually heard of. I even got help paying for it. I had no idea someone was there for me. But Covered California really had my back. To see if you qualify or to find one of our local experts, visit CoveredCA.com. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care. This whole adulting thing comes with so many responsibilities. Laundry. A job. And especially all that banking stuff. Ugh. Check out Westcom Credit Union. We're a member-owned not-for-profit, so you get low interest rates on credit cards and auto loans, plus access to 30,000 fee-free ATMs. And you can even do your banking online. That sure makes the money part of adulting easy. Westcom. The best bank for you may not be a bank at all. Westcom.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Certain terms may apply.